Welcome to the Landmark Theater's Q&A podcast. Today, moderator Rebecca Ford discusses I, Tanya with director Craig Gillespie and actors Margot Robbie and Allison Janney during the film's opening weekend at the Landmark in Los Angeles. Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Rebecca Ford, the awards editor at The Hollywood Reporter. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. And I've got some very special guests to bring out tonight. Um, we're going to start things off with uh, our director, Craig Gillespie, hiding over there in the corner. Hi. <laughs> and uh, next we have Allison Janney. She looks a little different than she did in the movie. <laughs> and uh, finally, uh, star and producer Marco Robbie. guys for joining us. I'm sure um, we're going to talk for a little bit and then probably take a couple questions from the audience to wrap it up. Um, I think we should start with how you three all first stumbled on the project. I'm especially curious how, how much two Australians knew about the Tanya Harding uh, <laughs> story and, and why you wanted to sort of be a part of it. Start with Margot, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, we were our production company. We were looking for female-driven content and this is just uh, an amazing script. When I read it uh, as a producer, I was like, oh my God, this would be incredible. But as an actor too, I, I knew immediately that I wanted to play Tonya. Um, I didn't know Tonya was a real life person when I read it. I <laughs> thought it was all made up. And I thought, wow, that's so bizarre. This writer is like off the walls. This stuff is crazy. Um, and then found out it was all true. And then I was even more enthralled. And and uh, yeah, we, we began the director search. and. We're so lucky, so, so lucky to find Craig because it, it, there was a million ways to do this script wrong and only one way to do it right. And, and we had no idea if we could even find the kind of person, the kind of filmmaker that could actually execute such a, you know, ambitious, outrageous, rebellious script. And everything Craig brought to it was beyond anything we could have ever dreamed of. That was a good answer. <laughs> Uh, Craig, what about for you? You you, you read the um, script and, and you say you got to do it. Well, amazingly, it's um, Margot was a producer on this and and was attached to it. And Stephen Rogers wrote the script, and wrote it with the caveat that Allison had to play the role when he sold the script, even though Allison hadn't read it. <laughs> no, he had, he attached me before he even told me he was doing that, <laughs> uh, was, which I'll tell you about in a minute. But. Sorry, I didn't mean to burst that bubble. But, um, so I had the amazing good fortune that when I came in to meet on it, both of these actresses were already attached. And um, I had to pitch myself to Margot. And uh, she had, I thought, such an insightful uh, presentation because the two questions she asked was, how are you going to do the tone? It's this intangible thing that people always talk about. And you can never quite put your finger on it. So how do you actually capture that? And we talked about that for quite a while. And then she asked about the uh, the violence in the movie and how are we going to do that? And that was our conversation, pretty much. 
that whole meeting. He and gave then spectacular answers to both, and and we were like, this is our guy. This is our guy for sure. Yes, I know we're both Australian. It's a very American story, but I think, <laughs> I mean, Craig actually has a weird connection. Uh, to he, he didn't you film the Campbell's Soup commercial? Yeah, uh, I was an, an agency Nancy art director in. back in 1993, and I shot a Campbell Soup commercial with Nancy Carrigan <laughs> three months before this happened. Yeah. So I was very acutely aware of what was going on. And I was four years old at the time and blissfully unaware of everything. I was, I was uh, six. <laughs> and, um, but, but I think that was the best way to approach it with, with no preconceived notions, with no, you know, I didn't pass judgment years before because I never heard about it. So it was, it was, from an acting point of view, a much better way to try and approach this character. Um, I had gone to, to school, to acting school in New York City with Stephen Rogers, who wrote I, Tanya. Um, back in the 80s, we were in acting school together, and, and he's always been a champion of mine way before I ever was of myself. He believed in me, and he's written roles for me in everything he's ever written, and I've never gotten to play them because they've always been cast by somebody else. It was always our joke, the part of Al written for Alice and Janney will be played by, insert <laughs> other name. Um, this is the first time that, that I've actually gotten to play a part, and he made sure of it by, by writing this uh, script on spec and saying, when he shopped it around, he said the only, you know, the caveat is Alice and Janney comes attached. Unfortunately, that wasn't such a bad thing for... Uh, as producers, we were like, oh, twist our arm, we'll take it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so th that's how I came to, to uh, be part of this, happily, very happily. So tell me about getting to understand these characters. Um, Margo, I know you got to meet with Tanya briefly. What, what did you sort of learn when you were preparing to play her? Well, because I, you know, as you saw, play her from 15 to 44, it was, uh, you know, a, a slightly different approach than, than usual because I was mapping out, you know, a couple of decades worth of an emotional journey. And uh, there's an amazing amount of footage online I hope maybe you're inspired a little bit tonight. Go home and YouTube some of the skate routines because uh, our wardrobe department painstakingly replicated those costumes like sequin yeah, for sequin. I do that for them. Um, but there was an amazing amount of footage, not just the skate routines, the interviews throughout her 20s pre and post incident, um, a documentary made about her when she was 15, more documentaries made about her when she was in her 40s. So I really could study f her from afar. Um, and, and I could study her thoroughly that way. And I, I held off meeting the real life Tanya until right before we started shooting um, so that I could keep the character and her separate in my mind. And Craig and I flew to Portland and met with her and we had a, we had a long lunch with her. And um, then I didn't see her again until two nights ago at the premiere. So it was kind of crazy to wa watch the film knowing she was in the room watching it as well. Um, it was a surreal experience meeting her then. It was a surreal experience seeing her a few nights ago. But she's been incredibly understanding about the whole thing. I, I would personally never let anyone make a movie about my life. But uh, <laughs> not that I have enough interesting stuff to make a movie about. But for, but for her, you know, just letting it be in someone else's hands. You know, she didn't get to say what scenes we shot and didn't shoot. She didn't get to say in the cut. She wasn't on set. She wasn't a consultant. There was, there was you know, it was outside her control to an extent. And she'd already, you know done all that years ago so all things considered she was incredible about the whole thing and Allison for you I know um, you weren't able to meet with Tanya's mom so how did you sort of figure out who she would be on screen um, <coughs> yeah Stephen and um, um, everyone involved tried to, to find um, Tanya's real mother and, and Tanya didn't know where she was nor did she care um, whether she was alive or dead 
Um, so I went with what was on the page, which was incredible. It, what the script was th was there, and I, I looked at the existing um, documentary footage that was done by this young college student, and then a thirty by thirty um, documentary, and I just studied those and and looked. I mean, the you you saw at the end of the movie the real Lavana there with the the bowl haircut and the glasses and the fur coat and the bird. I mean, that was, when I first read it, I thought, Stephen, why are you so specific with this look? It's so intrigued. Like, how did you come up with this? You know, and then I and he said, well, hold on, I'm going to send you something. And then I looked and I was like, oh my God. It was just brilliant. I just couldn't wait to, to have all of those things on me. And <laughs> I was like, it was literally the most fun I've ever had, playing it going that far, you know, looking in the mirror and going, not seeing myself and just being liberated by that. It was really, it was ex incredibly fun. So, um, yeah, so a little bit uh, research of what I knew and what Tanya's version and Jeff Galuli's version of, 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 of Lavana, um, um, a little bit of Stephen's artistic license. I don't think the real Lavana smoked. Thank you, Stephen Rogers. Um, and then whatever I brought to her in terms of mapping out what her backstory was for me having to put together, find her humanity, which was what, what I love to find in anybody I find. I have to find what, where they're soft spot, where they're hurt. And that's what I... And Craig, I think with this film, you sort of landed on the perfect tone, but I can't imagine that was easy to sort of find the humor, but also, you know, the serious, heartfelt part of this. Tell me about sort of walking that tightrope and, and how you pulled it off. I, I mean, honestly, it starts with the cast. And I was lucky enough to have both of, of these guys. And because I find, like, when, when I heard that Margot was attached, it's so much a dance between the drama and the humor. And I don't think you can't instill that in an actor. They either have it or they don't. And so brilliantly, she can do that dance, but always keep the empathy of the character and never have the comedy be at the expense of the character. And Allison's the same way, as much as, like, what she's saying is hysterical at times, you feel this pain underneath. And so, you have to get the cast right. And that was one of the harder things to do. And uh, it took us a while to find uh, Sebastian Stan for Jeff Galuli. And we went through a lot of uh, auditioning for like three or four months before we finally found Sebastian. And once we had that triangle, I felt like we were in really good shape. Um, that was a lot of trying to figure out the tone. And then I love when an audience is watching it, and maybe you guys felt this tonight, but that it becomes, I love when you're seeing a scene and some people are laughing and other people are looking around saying, this isn't funny right now. <laughs> and it becomes subjective. Like, I, I try to do it in a way that, you, you know, you stay a little bit wider. So when you think it's dra dramatic, maybe it's not, maybe it's comedy. I don't put music on it. So you have to start making a choice about what you think is funny. And I love when it becomes personal like that. Um, I think the first time I saw this film, I realized that Margot is doing quite a bit of the ice skating herself. So I'd love to hear sort of how you, how much you knew how to ice skate before and what your training process was like for that. I am now an Olympic level <laughs> ice skater. <laughs> Took months, guys, months. Um, <laughs> it did take months, but no, even if I had years upon years to practice, I'd never be able to do a triple axel, nor could our skate doubles. No one could do a triple axel. We had to CGI it. It was... Uh, you know, I, I don't think we fully appreciated on the production side what an incredible athletic achievement that really was. Only six women in the world have done it since Tonya did it 25 years ago. 
and none of them were in the country that could double me. So um, we CGI'd it. Thank God Craig can work his magic like that. And for everything else I did, yeah, five months of training, five days a week, four hours a day, and then gym sessions to try and build up strength. And I did the like forward and back crossovers, uh, ends of spins, the dancing on the ice, the kicks, the choreography, that stuff, that's all me. And then the big jumps, that's skate doubles. She Great says job. that like it's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing amount of dedication and and pressure that she like really worked hard at it. And uh, you know, on top of having to do all that, Margot was having to learn to to play a, a live character with Tonya Harding and learn all those mannerisms and the the Portland accent. And uh, we were doing a scene at one point, and we had a, her dialect coach on the set, and she just pops her head in and goes, "Just bring that octave down a little bit." And I'm like, "What is she talking about?" She's like. Well, her pitch was different, whether she was 15 or 24 or 46. So she had different mannerisms and a whole arc to it. So it was amazing to watch. So tell me about um, one of the first days that everyone was on set in character and, and maybe a scene that is memorable from sort of the early days of being in the movie. I don't know why this is popping into my head right now, but... I love a wedding. I love a wedding scene. I've, I've gotten married maybe like five times in film and TV at this point. And it's very fun every time. It actually feels a lot like a wedding day where like everyone kind of is dressed up and celebrating. There's music and fake beer and um, real cake. And, you know, it was, it's, it, I, I think that was like one of the rare occasions where you got to see all our characters kind of in, in one place. Was that our, la like, the final... Shoot, or was that my final day of shoot? I just that remember it being a big uh, final night of shooting. It was the towards wedding. the end, for sure. It was very a celebratory. It was, but yeah, it was, and you guys all, yeah, the, the hair and makeup people didn't know you guys were going to throw. <laughs> I didn't know until Sebastian just went face. through cake <laughs> in my face. Yeah, <laughs> 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 we were like, "Wow!" It was so fun. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't. I should have <laughs> given a serious answer, but the wedding was just really fun. And I, I, I always, I love watching. Um, I go down YouTube rabbit holes like all the time and uh, I had recently gone through a really deep dive into seeing people's like choreographed wedding dances <laughs> where they like they do the serious dance and then like uh, the, the record changes and suddenly they're like doing the running man or whatever and I was like Sebastian, Sebastian, don't you reckon that's exactly what Tonya and Jeff would do? And he was like, are you being serious? And I was like, let's ask Craig. I was like, Craig, can we do like a really ridiculous 80s dance? And Craig was like, absolutely. <laughs> so we just kind of like made that up 10 minutes before we did it. <laughs> that's a good one. I think the, f the, first, the first day was actually the, f the first scene in the movie with Alison on the ice with, you know, where she's like, I'll smoke quietly and yeah. a soft four and that just to see her come out and just completely embody that character immediately was just a joy. Smoking that cigarette at 7 a.m. That was a joy. <laughs> oh my God. I think I ran and made a quick few trips to the bathroom. Um, other than smoking, what did you, what would, what is something you'd say you learned doing this movie that you didn't know when you started out? Um, I learned, um, what did I learn? I really love to, to work act. with a bird. I love to work with a bird, yeah. Um, that I, I'm in love with that bird. I kind of like, <laughs> I really am. I, I realize I don't know a lot about birds. I'm such an animal lover, but I don't know birds. And, and now I found out that birds can live till they're over 50. <laughs> so I'm now in the process of trying to find out if I can adopt Little Man. That's the name of the bird that I 
that I worked <laughs> with, who was so sweet. We all kind of, I mean, I just, I, he was a I don't know if you've noticed oh. that Little Man is credited in the end credits as uh, Lavana's sixth husband. Are you serious? <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. I love that. I She's didn't know that. She's never stayed for the credits. But I really love that bird. He was so sweet. I really, I really do. I mean, he was a pain in the ass while we were shooting, and he was poking in my ear and everything. But it kind of fueled me as my character. It gave me, you know. I've, On I, that day, we were like running around like crazy, and we're. I was shooting something with Sebastian and Tanya, and we're getting ready to shoot that scene with her, with the bird, and my AD came in and said, the owner of the bird will not let her smoke with the bird. And I was like, are you kidding me? It's a, she's been smoking with three-year-olds and 10-year-olds, but she can't, <laughs> she can't smoke with a bird? And he's like, it's a non-starter. And I came out, and Allison had been talking to the prop guy, and was like, hey, we're going to do this thing with an oxygen tank, and... And uh, what do you think? I was like, great. And then the bird would not leave it alone. <laughs> so that we saved the bird's life and possibly mine <laughs> um, um, by ha giving uh, Lavana emphysema. Like it made sense, so, you know, for all that. Uh, just one more question, and then I'm going to open it up for a couple from the audience. Um, you know, Tanya has seen it. Uh, what kind of feedback has she given you, Craig and Margo? Uh, she, she said she laughed and she cried, and... Um, there's bits she doesn't agree with, primarily the bits told from Jeff's point of view, because they don't agree on anything except uh, the portrayal of Lavana. Uh, she said that was obviously spot on, but I think overall she she was, um, you know, felt somewhat vindicated that her side of the story had been told, and she uh, particularly loved the line when I said "suck my dick" to the judges. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, "I wish I'd had said that at the time. I didn't." It's one of the few things she didn't actually say, and she loved it anyway. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, any questions from the audience? Probably the front couple of rows here. Was Nancy involved? No, it's not. It's not the obviously. It's not the, that story that we were trying to tell. Um, the script was sent to them to get to get their blessing, which, which it did. Legally, basically. need to get, but out of courtesy, we wanted to aware that it was happening. Yeah. And you guys have no idea if she's seen it or going to see it or I'm not sure. Anyone else over here? Did, did making the movie uh, affect your perceptions of, of the events as you remember them? I know, Margo, you were too young, but <laughs> for, for you guys, did, did it affect how you ever remember? Yeah, I, I remember very much thinking Tanya was guilty and, and all the way, she absolutely did it. I think we were told to think that as... Um, and the advent of the 24-hour news cycle, and, and we were fed a narrative that the press decided to, that Tanya was bad and, and Nancy was good, and that was that's what we knew. I mean, there were some people who remember it, that Tanya actually took a baseball bat and put, you know she herself committed the crime. So I, I have a totally different um, opinion of her now and a lot more empathy for her. I don't think we totally exonerate her, but I think it leaves you to question, like, my God, she had such crazy upbringing and so many crazy people in her life. There's so many things that could have happened or how this could have happened that she might not have known. Um, so I, yeah, I, have, I think about her completely differently and I'm, I'm not so quick to, to judge her as being the, the one that she, she's guilty. You know. I think we can do one more. How about over here? Your hand up. Yes, you. I know you can't speak to the real Tanya, but the Tanya that you played do you think she was ever able to separate her talent from abuse? I think 
she, I think the ice was her safe place. And I've, I've asked Tonya that. I'm like, did, I'm playing it that being on the ice is your safe place in the world. And I've heard her say in interviews before, like, you, you touch the door and you can leave your problems behind. That's why it hurt so much, I think, when it was taken away from her. But I do think uh, she was starved of love as a child. And I think she was constantly seeking validation and love in the wrong places. And... You know, I wanted to always in the movie be sitting for it, like I'm waiting for my skating st scores. So that was the correlation I found. The way she kind of, whether she was craving validation from her mom or from Jeff or from the skate judges or from the media or the public or whoever it was, I, I think she, I, I played it that the, the character Tonya was, was starved of it as a child and, and was constantly seeking it in life. Thanks everyone for joining us and thank you thank guys so you. much. Thank you everybody. Yes. Thanks for listening to the Landmark Theatre's Q&A podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and also check out Landmark Theatre's YouTube channel for videos of these Q&As and more. See you next time.